welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, you you guys had a little episode last week without me, without Big T. You hit some uh, you hit some controversial topics. You hit a little Game of Thrones. Um, everybody's patting us on the back for how we do the sign off now, which is. It makes me feel creepy and depressed. I don't know how does how does that make you guys feel? I feel like the the accolades that we're getting about that it's it's making it worse somehow for like me. Like how like how far like how long had this thing gone where we were making everybody else uncomfortable to where well, now dude, yeah. we change it and everybody's hyped. Not even that, but every, everybody's treating us like like big sweeties, and it's like no, you know what? Like we didn't do anything nice. We just stopped being unnice. I guess I don't well, know. And yeah, and it and it and it took a pretty dire circumstance to get us to the point of going, well, let's switch it up, which I guess there's a level of thoughtfulness in there, but also like what kind of a-holes would we be if we didn't do that? <laughs> exactly, dude. It's just a referendum too on how like everything, everything on the internet in 2019 is scrutinized, not scrutinized, but like, it's just like everybody's giving their opinion on everything. If, if you told me in 1998 that I was going to have a podcast where I low-key made fun of someone who I'd, I'd never met for years. Like, never the content of that person, but just, like, that person's name. And then something bad would happen to that person, and then we would we would change it up, and everybody would be patting us on the back. I would have said, you're crazy. Like, none of that's going to happen. Right, and the thing is, um, we, we never actually engage anything that that person says, ever. No, never, it is only one. sort of the ethos and existence of that person as a... As sort of the the villain to our tribe. That's it. That person as a person. You know, what, you and know not what even as a person because none of us know her. It's just like that person as a as a as a presence. We're actually going to take heat for this though for talking about it too much. Like I ruined it. You know, I ru- I ruined it by leaning. Yeah, yeah you people, just people thought we were we nice, were. and now we've gone and proved them wrong again. Maybe that's we just a little. Sweeties. Former a little, sweeties. We were. We were. That's a little we myself. Doing great until you out. came back, Ted. Good job. Yeah, no kidding, man. You guys were killing it last week. If only you could talk about, you know, low-key Game of Thrones porn and, and I don't know, whatever the other thing was forever. Then, People then did seem to resonate with the sentiment that porn is bad, however. So we got that going for us. They did. That message is always going to sell well, I think. So let's just keep – maybe maybe we'll sign the show off To be off fair, it's not as lucrative as the message that porn is good. But, uh, that's, that's you know, true. it's I received, think that industry it's received is doing, better by, by our tribe. Yeah, that industry is not in, not in any danger. You're doing a little bit better than we are. Fading into the distance. Yeah, but we're doing well too, boys. And Big R, you're really doing well, baby. You're on like week two of pampering right now, retreating. And, and baby, I got to tell you, it seems like just yesterday that you were in – in Naples, I guess, for last year's round of pampering. So we're back for that. Um, why, don't you, why don't you give Piper and I some highlights? What, what have been some of the nicest things that, that have happened to you this week as a result of your sojourn pampering? Expedition? I got to tell you, boys, I, it's really weird when you stay in a hotel that goes so far to like cliches that you only like see in movies or that you only dream someday that you could have. So every night we get back into the room like late, right? And, the, and somebody has come in from the staff and done the turn down on the bed and has the chocolates mm. on the pillow. Suffering for Jesus, baby. Now, I, I have a question for you. I have a serious question. Who's funding Sojourn? Do you guys have like a Saudi Arabian like oil tycoon who's like funding this thing or what? How, how does this happen year after year? This is fascinating to it's me. The, the financial it's the sale level. of essential oils. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so guys, what goods. topics are we going to discuss today? <laughs> no, baby, seriously, this is a funny thing. This is actually something that KK and I were talking about um, this morning. 
Uh, because she she was recently uh, overseas. She just traveled to Dubai for a week to visit a friend. And there's this like very deep seated urge among people to like suss out whether or not the trip was legitimate. And I'm right. talking about Christian people. So like, um, you know, just going to Dubai to see a friend, people were like, huh? Oh, OK. You know, and but if we say, well, that, you know, the friends kind of had a rough time and, and, and a rough year, then it's like, oh, great. You know, have a great trip. And yeah, now that now it, it puts more value on the cash somehow. It puts more fa- yeah, it puts more value on the cash. But what's funny to me is that Sojourn seems to like not be leaning into that at all. No, um, Sojourn has no. Yeah, I mean, this is just like this is part of what it is to be in Sojourn. Is you get this like four days of pampering in Naples or Destin, Florida, mm-hmm. every year because the okay, so the network is fully church funded, so it's okay. all the churches funding the churches. So we yeah. don't have. We don't have outside funding. We don't have. So you guys a- just have like rich people with a dash of hipster thrown in, which is a really good wheelhouse to be in, like AKA financially. All of the lead pastors, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like rich people, little dash of hipster, little dash of ministry. Um, this is how all the big like parachurch organizations kind of kind of operate. Um, that's good yeah. though, baby. I mean, Sojourn would be parachurch, right? I mean, that would be. It's what it is. It's a parachurch yeah. organization. Yeah. Dude, is it? I don't even know. I don't even know what the distinction is. Well, I mean, Sojourn isn't a church, so therefore yeah. it has to be a parachurch organization, right? Because Dude, so what is it? Like, what do you get out of it? Besides the pampering, you know, every two months or whatever, what 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 are you getting out of it? Like being in what, Sojourn, what does it bring you? It's just uh, the branding? Yeah, it's just really, it's good. Um, it's a lot of connectivity with other pastors who, you know, we share the same values, theology, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, most of the time methodology. So you get you get good connectivity. And then you get good resourcing and all the different things that we need resourcing in and help in. And so it's it, it functions in that way, kind of like a denomination, but much smaller so that it's far more fluid. I would like to, so applaud, I'd like to applaud your use of buzzwords, both connectivity and resourcing. That was well done, Ron. What about fluid? Dude, that was good. Fluid, like, what about fluid? That was 2019 yeah, word salad. Right that was strong. That was yeah, that one. that was. I, I feel like you. Uh, I feel like you used like the corporate BS generator to spit that out, and it was it was really well played. Well, I love you too, pipe. That was what we were looking for. Um, I love you too. Dot com. Hang on, I gotta send a text real quick, boys. Cool. Um, he's he's. Are you sending in your application to join Sojourn? Dude, yeah, I want to be a Sojourn professor. I feel like that would be good for my brain. Right, just give Big T a minute to send his text. Do you need resourcing you? and connectivity? I need resourcing and connectivity. I have no idea what those two things download mean. The, but... Download the Sojourn how to send an... To send a quick text in the middle of your podcast app. Dude, let me let me let me try to let me try to translate what resourcing and connectivity means, Piper. I think it means a sweet trip a couple times a year. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, well, leather, baby, listen, and leather goods. You enjoy. We hate. We hate to pull you away from the pampering to do work, but we have. Uh, we have radio business to do. Yeah, it's out. Uh, it's literally an outrage. I know it's really hard, man. You're gonna have to Here rest for the a little paycheck. bit more. Here yeah. for the paycheck. Just a paycheck player at this point. Pretty much. Um, well, baby, I want to talk about a few things that have probably come up for you this week because I'm, I'm guessing uh, the three topics that we're going to talk about have kind of been in the air, uh, as it were, at a at a high end sojourn pampering retreat like this. And uh, it's probably some stuff that you've dealt with. Now, Piper, this came up. I don't know if this came from a listener or if this came from just just you or just you and me. But um, I want to talk about like pastoral bathroom etiquette or bathroom etiquette in ministry contexts, because I teach at a Christian college. Piper, you work for a Christian publisher and Ron, um, when he's not traveling, is a is a pastor. And um, 
I, I think all three of these worlds kind of uh, kind of bump up against some really strange bathroom etiquette. So, Pipe, why don't you lay on us what you had in mind when uh, when when you threw this out? Yes, this is a suggestion from a listener from some time ago. My guess is in conjunction with a pastor's conference, because rarely will you see more awkward bathroom interactions than hundreds of uh, <clears throat> Enneagram fives hanging out and using urinals side by side. Um, so it's it's simply the matter of like what what is appropriate social interaction in the bathroom? Is it a, just a zero, like no eye contact, no conversation, no phone usage, no nothing? Is it, uh, is it, should you ever shake somebody's hand in the bathroom? Should you ever talk on the phone in the stall? So there's sort of these questions because you see uh, the whole array of behavior or somebody who, who believes that one thing is appropriate, for example, shaking hands and another person who very clearly does not want to shake that person's hand because this is a restroom. And so we just need to sort of suss out and give people a sense of what, what is right and appropriate in a public restroom setting. Now, Ron, what is the uh, what does the sojourn bathroom setting look like? I'm guessing um, it's it it's a very chic, chic modern so decor. It's so course. poshy, man. It was like yeah. everything's marble. There's like a guy standing in there trying to give you chocolates while you give him dollar bills. It was everything. Dude, really, I you got the guy. The guy. Everything the I've there. ever dreamed of in a bathroom, baby. Mm. All right, I have. And, any- and baby, all these years, <laughs> all you had to do was go into ministry to get that poshness. Who knew? You would have done this 20 years ago. You know, we all would have. I know all the stuff that me and you did, baby, like trying to work up to what all I had to do was this is just phenomenal to even think about. I know it, dude. All all those years, like, you know, beating our brains out in the publishing industry, all you had to do was become a sojourn pastor. And then all the stuff comes to you. Correct. Uh, Pipe, let's talk through ideal bathroom behavior uh, for people in a ministry context. What's okay? What's not okay? Um, So, I mean, just generally speaking... You, you should try never to stand at a urinal next to somebody else, period. Isn't that just sort of accepted behavior? Like Absolutely. That's, <laughs> you always like go to the furthest one away. Yeah, that's or, the, or, or at least rule. leave one in between so that they're evenly spaced. Even in my yeah. high school, guys had spray-painted numbers above the urinals, and so you knew yeah. if somebody was at two, you didn't go to one or three, you went to four. You know, you just that's leave really a drastic, space. I... It's Well, you know, high school students, they need some very – very clear rules, and so do pastors apparently, because they don't understand this rule. Um, I think I think a no talking at the urinal rule is. Uh, I'm is in total reasonable. agreement on that. By the way. What's that? Total agreement. Total okay. agreement with that one. That's a that's a good one. For Ron, sure. do you have thoughts on that talking while at the urinal? Yeah, I don't. Well, see, I don't. I don't do urinals. I, I have a shy bladder, so I have to be in complete isolation. Or really, uh, baby, you're a you're a, a stall guy. Totally. 100%. Fascinating. And you know what? Not even really a stall guy. I, I only go into bathrooms where there's only one bathroom. Okay. So I get to lock so, the door behind me and nobody else is in there. Interesting. But You've got a really shy bladder then. I mean You're, a shy bladder and I just demand a little bit more, you know, private time. You know? Okay. That's yeah. my time, Big T. That's my time. That's, that's not the Enneagram 4 coming out. You can't that's go to the bathroom. That's not time for me to share else. with everybody. I don't right. do that. I cannot use the same restroom everybody else does. I'm it's a not four. share time. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Uh, I think as a general rule, there should be no physical contact in restrooms. So, I mean, shaking of hands, hugging. It doesn't matter if this is a, the, the friend you haven't seen in 15 years and they've surprised you at the urinal. 
No. But you guys are talking about this. When does this happen to you? You guys are talking about this. Like, well, here's the thing, Ron. You don't know because you don't go in these bathrooms. High school reunion, man. Maybe it happens literally every day at my office. Let me explain this, okay? So we share we share a third floor bathroom uh, in Jennings Hall at my university with the Bible department. All right, so our our department's on one end of the hall, Bible's on the other end, the bathroom's in the middle. And at any given time, like, it doesn't matter what time of the day you're going to the bathroom, there's always, like, two or three Bible profs in there, just chatting it up, right? Like, these guys, they got a lot to say, man, and whatever whatever important thing they have to say, it can't... Yeah, they got a lot to say, they're Bible profs. Dude, right, you can't pause it for the bathroom. Like, so the conversation just got to keep going, and then... Um, you know, they got to try to work you into the conversation. There's often like a dad joke. Um, there's often a handshake. None of these things do I want in the bathroom and, and and listen to this baby. So we had a guy, uh, he since retired, very prestigious Bible prof, um, had been in the business for a long, long time. And our, our 10 years at union overlapped by like one or two years, maybe, maybe two years. And this guy, his thing was he would go to the urinal and he would pee, and while he was peeing, he would brush his teeth. No, um, that is not yeah, true. Baby, it's true. That. I do not True as the day that. is long. Bible prof, very distinguished old man, peeing, brushing his teeth. My spirit day. cannot receive that big teeth. Yeah, it's, it's real. You know, it's real. That's, so, uh, I mean, and that's, dude, I that's next level that. weird. So did he, like, then spit in the urinal, too? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh, come on now. Shave too. I think if, for him it was like an efficiency thing. Like, look how much I'm getting done. You know, look, like my time is so valuable. I can't even, you know, I'm like, who brushes their teeth at work anyway? I mean, that to me is a strange thing. But, um, but yeah, man, he's multitasking a little bit. He would bit, do like so. the midday teeth brushing thing. Yeah, I guess like the post lunch. Like the post lunch you know. teeth brush. Yeah, Dude, these guys are such, so weird, man. Yeah, they're such good stewards of their time, apparently. That that's, twenty year that's, high school reunions at the urinal. Wow. Yeah, that's dude. What is that? It's strange, man. It's a thing that I don't want. So I think anybody who works at a college or in a big institution, Piper, let, let me know if it's like this for you at Lifeway. Like to me, it's a it's a never ending quest to find the perfect bathroom. Um, so as I'm wandering around campus or having meetings, you know, just checking out other potential spots. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the Holy grail. Maybe is there no private one person only bathroom anywhere on campus? Is that what you're telling me? Dude, not that I know of. If there is, I haven't found it yet. Um, Oh my gosh. See, I would have already searched that out. I mean, like, I don't even know if I would have taken the job. I'd be like, I need to, I need to, I need to ask you a couple of questions. Interviewee. Dude, I should have done that during the interview process. You know, when they're like, do you have any questions for us? And you, you kind of get that quizzical look on your face and you pause for three or four seconds. Because you feel like, like it'd be wrong for you to ask them a question about what's about to change your life for the rest of your life, you know? But yeah, yeah. If I had just been like, hey, so what's a bathroom situation? Level with you guys. <laughs> right. What are we looking at here? <laughs> Ron, really, Ron, I just have one question. Everything looks good. The doctrine, the setting, the pay. Yeah, um, right. You know, but I do know solving. about the <laughs> Everything looks good, but I, I need to know per- about the Perusing the benefits document and going, you know, the health insurance is great. I see that you yeah, do a retirement match. Uh, I'm curious yeah. about what is missing on here, and that is um, private restroom. I don't see that on here. Huh. That's. What am I looking at bathroom-wise? Boys, let's Maybe let me look. ask you a serious question. Do you think if somebody, like, for instance, let's just say Don Carson decided to move from, like, Trinity uh-huh. to Union, and he said, hey— one of the things that's going to seal the deal for me here is I need like my own private bathroom built outside of my office. Would they do that? 
they would do it. They they wouldn't do it for Don though, because I don't know how much traction Don would have in like the the Southern Baptist community. So that might be a hard no. But I, I feel like somebody of that magnitude, yeah, they, they would they would make that kind of concession. Yeah, um, I feel like it would it would at least be discussed. Like I know? can't be going I I can't be going to a public bathroom every day. You have to understand who I am right now. You're right. I'm very busy. I'm very like dialed into these book projects I can't, I can't be doing the public bathroom Pipe, they would do it for your pops for sure not even a question huh i <clears throat> yeah i think that's i think that's a possibility i think i mean he's he's one of the least demanding people ever but yeah that'd be killer though you know how, how killer that would be to have your own bathroom that's next level man have you um, well ted speaking of having your own bathroom yeah. have you snuck into say the president's office because i feel like wherever that is there's a private restroom in there somewhere Dude, the press has his own bathroom, and I've I've heard from people who like. So his building is is relatively brand new, and I heard that like during the walkthrough, kind of before it, it was officially open, people were checking his bathroom out. He's got a shower in there. What? Uh, he's living well, man. He's living really, really. It's like well. a sojourn retreat at Union. Dude, it's like a sojourn yeah. retreat each day for him. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how he gets anything done, but baby, what are the odds that you might get into that role someday? Uh zero percent. Um, I am the world's zero percent. Yeah, yeah, zero percent odds that I would get into that role. I'm the world's worst administrator. So if you need yeah, but, anything done administratively, but I'm you not. seem so good at like politics, Ted. Yeah, I know. I'm I, good at like um, just people pleasing. So I, I think that would get me to a certain level, and I could people please uh, my yeah, way. Yeah, get you about eighty, ninety percent there, big T. You'd get me eighty, ninety percent. But once it came time to like make sure the university was financially solvent and like doing the right things. Yeah, then you'd call your assistant and you'd say, can you make the university financially I'd make the provost solvent? do all the rest of that stuff. Baby, you're really, you're kind as of you were heading into your private bathroom. I mean, exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is not a bad idea. This has legs. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. Um, a lot of it, though, may have to do with my personality profile not being right for the job. And speaking of such things... Um, Ronald, you were at a sojourn retreat, which means you were at the world epicenter of Enneagram conversations. Am I right? Yeah, um, how many of these any convos are you averaging per day down there? Dude, it's, it's just, it's so interspersed in just the regular convo uh, of like just general conversation. It's like, so hey, would you humor me and give me an example of what that looks like? Well, I mean, so you'll just be talking to somebody about ministry and then it like inevitably, like you feel yourself coming to this place. Where you're like, so this has been hard for me and it's been uniquely hard for me because I'm an Enneagram four. And because I'm a four, it means that I'm going to struggle with that. And I'm struggling with that. So, but I mean, like, you know, you as a seven, I mean, you'd probably approach it like that. So it just like inevitably yeah. that's all, it, everything just kind of filters back to that. Dude, now, is there anybody in your tribe who's like, has the rebellion against the any started? Like, there are, are there a couple oh, of guys dude, who are like, I reject that. Hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. Are those guys gaining steam? Are they cool? In I mean, everybody's cool in sojourn circles, obviously. But um, like, are, are they extra cool, or are they still uh, kind of rejected? No. We, we had to, we had to let them go. Actually, we. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard no. <laughs> we on gave that. them the release this yeah. this uh, this retreat. We let them have one more retreat, and we said, hey, we want to invite yeah. them, and then we named off like nine people to come up and stand on the stage, and we said. Due yeah. to your lack of enneagram, um, you know, uh, you know, due to lack of your enneagramming, we're going to all have to let you guys go. It's been a good run, though. Thanks for your right. service. Right. Thanks. Thanks. You, you commissioned them to nine marks. No, I commissioned them to Acts twenty nine. I said, you know, we're, they, they do all those other assessments there. So enjoy yourself, dude. Yeah. What's the Acts twenty nine retreat situation? Do you think, I think it's, it's a similar. Spike? 
No, remember they did someone? they did a gala. Remember? We yes. we, we did they, it was at it was at the uh the Opryland Hotel a year or two Ooh. ago and they did a an A29 gala. So it's like a retreat but with ties on. Yeah, dude. Nobody wants that. They don't do it at the beach either. That's all anybody really wants to. Is the dude, world. Nine Marks doesn't do retreats, I bet, because they're nine more that self-flagellating. You can't they don't believe enjoy in retreating. Kind of, they don't believe yeah, in yeah. They have no yeah. doctrine of rest. Doctrine of rest. Yes, you got to spiritualize this, baby. I'm telling you. This is the, this is the way forward for you in the publishing industry. Um, so I want to talk about uh, comparing the any with um, sort of the – the late 1990s version of the Enneagram, which was the five love languages. And I want to see if we can start a movement amongst our listeners. I want to see if we can bring back the five love languages and compete with the Enneagram. Um, so, I, Piper, what again, where were you going with this? Like, I, I think this is a really salient point where, you know, in 1998, we were making all the same points, but we were just doing it in the in the framework of the five love languages. Yeah, so a, a co-worker and friend of mine, a guy named Aaron Earls, tweeted a couple weeks ago and said, the Enneagram is to the 2000 teens what the five love languages was to the mid and late 90s. And it was just wow. sort of the observation, just basically the comparison of we, everybody, everybody knows their label, everybody speaks in their label, everybody sort of owns their label and then inflicts it on other people. So, oh, that's my seven or, oh, that's my, you know quality time wing eight or whatever and uh -huh. so <clears throat> he just made that comparison and i thought you know who the perfect people are to to sort this out it's us we're the perfect Absolutely. people to sort this out now baby you weren't in uh you weren't in sojourner in ministry in the late 90s but do you remember the five love love languages craze yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I, people still, I mean, that, that's something that's still like a real thing, but everybody just kind of keeps it tucked under the more like culturally relevant, you know, personality assessments. Right. But like every once in a while, that's really, it's funny because it'll come up. Well, you know, that is my, that is an almost whisper. Like that is part of my love language, you know, like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It still gets used when it's useful. Yeah, for sure, baby. What's your love useful language? in a useful in a in a self serving way? It's useful, yeah, quote unquote, useful for somebody right. to know that my love language is gift giving or really gift receiving. Let's be honest. Correct. That and funny. That's all of our love languages is gift gift receiving. Funny that that's like universal. We're Indeed. all gift receivers. You know that. Maybe what's that your Gary love language? Chapman was onto something. He was man. I don't know what mine is. I think it was. Uh, I think it was gift receiving. <laughs> I don't remember. Nice. I don't really. What is it like? Words of affirmation or acts of service? Those are the only two words I of ever remember. Acts of service, physical quality, touch, man. Physical touch, quality time, oh, and gifts. I think gifts. I think all the gifts and and in uh, yeah gifts. I think is <laughs> and private single stall bathrooms. That would be a gift, though. Big that gift. would also That's be quality true. time. That's true. I don't think I, that's how I that think works. I like words of affirmation. Be. Wait, what are the other ones? Pipe. I think I just like words of affirmation and gifts. And I we say gifts, so, let's keep it like, that's G-I-F-T-S. Let's yeah. make sure we're not getting too, like, relevant with, with right. that word No, right No now. graphic interface, you know, whatever images. Um, Is that what that means, Pipe? I never knew that. Yeah, wow. that's why it's GIF, not GIF, for all of you people out there who pronounce it like peanut butter. Um, wow. So, I feel really educated right now. Yeah, so I, I, you know, Ted, what are what are yours, or what is yours? Do you have a ranking? Dude, of your, I think, your... uh, yeah, I think mine were. Let's see, probably words of affirmation, physical touch. Um, that that was probably it, man. Thinking back to the '90s, but uh, what about yours, Pipe? 
Uh, pretty sure it was pretty sure quality time, and uh, and that just outranked the others by leaps and bounds. Actually, no. You know what? You know what mine is. Mine is special treatment. So like <laughs> any any time anytime I watch the movie Goodfellas, you know the scene where he walks in the back through the Copa. It's the famous like steady camp scene in Goodfellas where he's uh, he's trying to show out for his lady, and um, and and they kind of follow him through the back of the Copa, and he's like stuffing a 20 into everybody's pocket and they're opening doors and letting him in the, the secret special way. That's my love language. Like anytime I can, you know, cut in front of a line somehow or like get some kind of special treatment. Um, that, that, that to me is like off the charts. Love that language. was foreshadowing of becoming an Enneagram four when the Enneagram was discovered Correct. in the mid 2000s. Dude, I know, man. I know. Correct. It. Uh, I was going to say that like, Hey Gary, I mean, you, I mean, who, who, who allowed you to make up five love languages? What if I came up with a couple more on the back end of that thing that fit more for me? You know, boys, how can we write a book that's just an annuity like Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages? Doesn't I owe my career stuff. to that book because that book made Moody Publishing. Um, Moody Publishing how to, like how to make up stuff for and sell books. Say what? How to make up things and sell a lot of books, dude? Seriously, that's what you should be thinking about at this retreat, man. With all this free time, I want you out there I with am. your notebook. I am. I it's you... All I'm thinking about is how to make up stuff. Exactly. Yeah, well, do more of it, man, and share well, it with I me. Did, but I... I'm doing this right now. I mean, but I, I would it. be thinking like, how how do I make up stuff? I mean, that's all. That's all I want to do See, is make up. Here's the stuff. problem. You guys are never going to come up with good ideas for this because, as respective Enneagram fours, you're going to try to come up with unique ideas instead of like canned garbage ideas that you can just spit shine a little bit, which is every other one of these things. Boys, can I ask you one more question vis-a-vis the any and five love languages? Is there anybody in the world besides affluent white people from America who talk about this crap? Anybody? Only people in Dubai. This strikes me as like whiter than than golf. Like talking about the any and the the five love languages. I feel feel like at my dorkiest when I'm doing this. Tiger Woods is offended. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I... I, you brought up Dubai, but Dubai is actually wealthier than the United States, and so that might make up for the fact that it's not all white people. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's whiter than golf, and uh, uh, it's it is it is the country club conversation for sure. Indeed, is there a do you think do, when's the enneagram bubble going to pop? How many more years of this do we have? Well, shoot, uh, I mean, five love languages, like Ron said, it's just sort of like baked into it's. I don't even think right. I don't even think people realize that is a book at this point. That's they been just, a juggernaut for years. They just think it's sort of a, a a a cosmic set of categories for understanding how I want to be treated. It's like something you already should know and you don't even know how you know it. Like I, I just forgot what the other three were, but like somehow they were in my collective consciousness. You know what I mean? Dude, you know what my make- other love language is, boys? Canceled plans. <laughs> like whenever I have plans and they and they cancel for some reason and I don't have to do the canceling. I'm always thrilled. It always makes you like really happy, huh, Big T? Dude, yes. That's like a, it's I'm kind of second with you only on that to one. special treatment. I'm kind Are you of that way too? Oh, dude, totally. Like, I, even if it's something that I thought I wanted to do when I'm a day before it, I realize, oh, I don't want to do that at all. And then yes. when it gets canceled, it feels like Christmas when something yeah. gets canceled. Whoa, yeah. Ron, Maybe. take it easy. You don't get to throw around Christmas like that, <laughs> Father Christmas. That's, <laughs> you don't get to cheapen your day like that. Maybe listen. Really. Speaking of uh, speaking of obligations upcoming, can we get a little update on the on the demographic shift in in Ashland? Do we have an ETA on that? Yeah, early June. Okay. Wow. Early June. It's coming up. You got a month. You got a month uh, to prepare. 
does the word home dash purchased ring any bells for you boys? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Interesting, baby. So a month before you start doing your new podcast. Correct. um, a month Correct. before you start, like, and a month your and a half before project. you finish doing your new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice Correct. five. Correct, nice. boys. Yeah. Nice. Well, baby, we'll uh, we'll look forward to frequent updates on that. Um, well, I'm just saying, like, that's why I'm finishing my Christmas novel right now while I'm in Naples because I'm not going to have any time when I get back to A Town, right? Well, dude, nothing all- says nothing says setting to finish a Christian no- a Christmas novel like Naples. I mean, well, correct. I mean, that's just what it is. That's how you, that's how we write these things. It's always non-setting specific. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The Christmas sweater. Did we didn't I guess the plot of this at one point? Dude, it's not it's um, called the Christmas song. Dude, the thing with the bakery close. and the and the like she'd had some problems and she meets the guy and No, he's was- a uh, he's a uh, he like used to be like a recording artist. His career's going down the, the tubes. He has to move back to his small town. Dude, he no way. Up, like, he ends up writing this <laughs> Christmas song that like hits it big. And uh, and I'm not going to give away the rest. So it's Alternate big. It's title, big. It's the, big. the Life Ron Wants to Have. Um, uh, alternate title, The Life Ron Has. The Life um, Ron Does Have. Um, I love it. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's autobiographical for sure. So baby, you could, you could say in a way that you are – you're probably well on your way to being an A-lister. So once you write your your like a mega hit Christmas song, and once your once your Christmas novel drops, um, you're going to have access to a whole new sort of echelon of A-list people to hang it'll out. It'll be with. A, it'll be a compl- and, it'll be a whole world that none of us know anything about or the people associated with. It. A decadent world, an excessive world, um, a world I that I kind of like gonna- that. I kind of like having a world outside of my world that I can just be like, yeah, I'm in that world, but you don't know anything about it. So we can just move on to another topic of conversation. Well, the topic, baby, is which A-listers do you think you would be besties with? So once you, once you hit the big time when this, uh, when this novel drops, and I mean, you've already hit the big time in that you've uh, volunteered to be a sojourn pastor, and so you're living as an A-lister. But, uh, right. but once you actually hit the actual A-list, um, which one of these guys do you think you would be besties with? I feel like this is a topic that like drifted through our transom and we all co- kind of guffawed over text about it. Uh, but I want to hear from both you guys on this. Big R, who are you, who are you hanging with? Who are you besties with once you hit the big time? Wait, like with my not with my Christmas novel, dude, is that what or you're talking? anything that puts you into the A list? It could be your Christmas novel. It could be your Christmas song. It, it could, could be, be the plenary session that you're going to get at some point. Baby, Dude, listen okay, to let me. Let me say what, say it again. Just go ahead. Once you pick out your outfit for normal pastors, <laughs> and you get up on that main stage and you you crush it, right? People are going to be tweeting out Ron Martin wisdom. You're going to be Yoda internet pastor, and then you know before Piper and I know it, you're you're going to be in the A list and not even returning our calls. Baby, I'm afraid because I like I feel like Jared C's made so many like negative comments about like image and like clothing. I, I've already like bought a pair of like. Like like straight leg khakis to make sure that I. That ah, dude, everybody knows it's all. Do you all know about who posts part. more pictures of apparel they are wearing than you do? <laughs> cool. Jared, Jared C. Jared C. Wilson. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I yeah. love the hypocrisy there. That's now fantastic. he he's he's not what we would refer to as a fashion plate, but he's very proud of some of his pieces of apparel. So there's a you. This is an even playing field. Don't worry. You you know you're not being judged. Dude, this is fascinating, Piper. What's he proud of? I don't know, like red Nike sneakers and Patriot socks Ooh. and okay, stuff. a lot of sneakers. 
It's it call Man, it, I gotta call go it Twitter, yeah. Call it like dad fashion as opposed to okay. Ron who is like fashion fashion. Okay. Either way though, it's still fashion. Um so so Ronald, which which A lister are you hanging out with once once you hit the big time? Once this plenary session that you give goes viral. Um who, who's the ultimate A list hang for you? Besties. Um Dude, you know, okay, here's the thing, man. I feel like there's a couple of dudes I could probably be be friends with. Uh-huh. And I'm just basing it. I don't even know what I'm basing it on, right? So, like, I got to admit, man, at Indie Live, I was kind of surprised. And I'm not going to say Johnny P, but I was kind of surprised at how funny he was that night. And I was like, dude, I think if I got, like, I think if I could get a dinner with this guy, like, we'd be yucking it up. Like, it would be funny. It'd be a good time. Really? Wow. I think so. Is he kind of texting re- a little bit, like afterward? To me, a little bit, and I'm like know, a little like, did you get home okay? Just like let me know once you get home, kind of, kind of text. You should have said this up there. My son should have said this, and I was like, oh, dude, you're actually listening and watching this thing. Yeah. But um, that's because he thought you were wrong about cats. Yeah, I know. So I guess we he locked in on that, and like that's all he heard. <laughs> he was like, oh, Ron is wrong about cats. I love it was it. the one thing. It was the one thing he thought I was wrong on. So that's the dynamic of the friendship, though. Like you being wrong and him correcting you, maybe. I don't know, man. I'm trying that's to. That's funny. Think of that's the of- kind of the dynamic of my relationship with him as well. <laughs> I love it, dude. I was hoping you'd say that. Oh, How great man. would it be like me telling Pipe? Yeah, I mean, your pops, man. We're taking this day trip out to do a retreat, and the yeah, the we're going to a baseball game. We're going to play catch. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to do all this quintessential father son stuff. Except, hey, we're going to except since Pipe, Ron doesn't play catch, Ron would say we're going to have a catch, just like yeah, that we're going to have a baseball movie. Pipe, come uh, on, I play catch. Let's not be ridiculous. I'm an American here. Let's not be weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't maybe know. if you played catch at the Sojourn retreat. Oh my gosh! No, I feel like I feel like that's something I want to do, but I wouldn't even want to offer that to them, you know, as an option. All right, give us some more A-listers that you're going to be besties um, with. That you hit the big time. I feel like I, I feel like I, you know, who I would love to get into a room to and just like just to see how jokey and fun he could be, just Oof. for an experiment, is your boy KDY. Dude, he can be fun. Like, like that's the thing. All kidding aside, um, back back when uh, back when me and KDY. Back when me and Katie Y were boys, like we had some, we had some ha-has. We had some real ha-has together. Um, he's got kind of a dr- serious now, though, with his, with all of his A-listing. Well, dude, I don't know. I haven't hung out with him like a, like a real legitimate A-lister, but, uh, but yeah, maybe the sense of humor has changed. Maybe he's a little more politic, but. Um, dude, I feel like, um, I feel like Darren Patrick, I feel like I could kick it with that guy. And I feel like we're kind of from the same era. I think we're like about the same age. And I feel like. I, you know, some of the references he makes, I feel like, oh, I mean, I mean, I know he's all into like baseball and stuff, but like, I, I know, I actually know stuff about baseball. I feel like we could hang as, as, as boys. I feel like, I feel like could- fashion wise, you guys would be a match too. You guys could hit the mall together and it would be not a disconnect, you know? I don't know. Yeah. DP. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. Piper, what about you? A-list besties. Who are you, who are you hanging with? Like, who do you want on your, on, on your speed dial once you hit the big time? Oh man, that's a tough one. I've spent enough time in green rooms and dinner tables with famous pastors to have a. Pipe, you actually have, man. You have. You have a- <laughs> it's a depressingly list. short list. Yeah, uh, I will say this: most of the people who would be a good hang are not the ones who are largely in our theological crowd. Interesting. Uh, Says that Piper. Continue. Yeah. Well, so you have a reputation. So I have been backstage at Catalyst on a couple different occasions. 
just what's catalyst okay see this is perfect good you don't know mm-hmm. so catalyst yeah. is like the big or it has been for like 15 years like 10 to 15,000 person Christian leadership conference. It's hosted Ooh. in Atlanta. It was started out of uh, Andy Stanley's church. Uh, so Andy Stanley and John Maxwell sort of put it together. And then, and, but then it, it was, it moved towards younger leaders. So it was super cool for like 10 years, except that they didn't bring in any new people. And so that all the young leaders then became the 30 something leaders became the 40 something leaders and it stopped mm-hmm. being cool. But, mm-hmm. but a lot, but, the, a lot of the people they would bring in uh, were much more fun than, say, the T4G crowd. Nobody on that uh, T4G list makes the the fun besties list. Although I wouldn't mind hanging out with Matt Chandler simply because I want to get my hands on some of those uh, Texas craft steaks, and he might be able to hook a brother up. So, dude, yeah, you know you're living well if you're hanging out with Matty Chan. You know, it's first class all the way. It's mm-hmm. like a sojourn retreat down there. I feel like uh, I feel like I wonder how well like me and Frankie. Would be able to hang together, dude. I feel like you and Frank Chan would do a nice job together. I really do. I feel like I just that don't would be know. He might be too intense. I was gonna say, I feel like he would make me guilty for having fun. Like he would make me feel like, oh, that joke was out of line or something. And I don't like, want like, that. You think he? Would I don't be need fun, that from my friends. Like you think yeah. he would be fun, but then you're around him and you find out he's like it's one of these guys where like they they put out that persona from the platform, but then you're with them and they're actually like super serious about everything. And they kind of look at you like, dude, am I allowed to laugh at that? And you're looking at them like, uh, yeah, because that was funny. But then they don't laugh, mm-hmm. right? So I yeah, wonder if Frank that. would be like that. I wonder if Frank would be like that. You dude, know? Frank might be like that. that dude, who do we think, who's like a serious guy that we think might shock us off of the platform and actually be easy and fun to hang with? Dude, I think, I think Timmy K might be fun. I'm really? just, I'm calling my shot right there. I think yeah, Timmy K might be totally fun. Yeah, totally relaxed and like doesn't care yeah. about anything. Yeah. Dude, he's got nothing to prove. The the best people. Yeah. So like we we've all hung with celebrities in in like different arenas, pipe in the ministry world, and you and music and me kind of in sports. And like the best people to hang with are the people that have nothing to prove, like no chip on their shoulder, nothing to prove. They don't. They're not trying to show out for anybody. I feel like that would be Timmy K. I I, I think he could be a fun hang. Pipe, I don't know about hung with Timmy K, man. Do you have any firsthand experience with that dude? Nah, none. I uh, he I will say like in his in his post-pastor retirement, you see a little bit more of that sense of humor coming out. Like, you even see it on Twitter when he interacts with people. You're like, oh, like he's he has jokes. Timmy's got jokes. And yeah. uh, it's, it's a little bit of a surprise. I, I will also say, in our world, the Christian world, the worship leaders, always more fun than the speakers. Interesting. I've never hung with a worship leader. That's fascinating. Always more I tip- fun. I typically try to avoid them. Yeah. I'm just saying... It's true. Dude, you know who's? I always feel like kind of the worst. Be, with, that, with the exception of Matt Boswell, who I hang with a little bit, and he's just a nice guy. But mm. Matty Boz, Bozzy, Matty Boz. Shout out to Matty Boz. Shout out Dude, to Chris, Boz. What were you going to say, Big T? Christian athletes are kind of the worst. Oh, they okay. tend to be kind of kind of humorless. You know, there's there's just not a lot of fun going on there. Um, so so yeah, like that 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 may be off the table. Um, Dude, for me. I'm going to say, I, th- I think some of these like old, like washed up mega Christian rock stars from like the 80s and 90s would be a fun hang. Like I bet the guys from Striper would, would have some funny stories. Oh, wow. Um, that, that may be the direction that I go in if, if I'm hitting the A list. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't know. You've probably hung with all those guys, though. Did you ever, yeah, did you ever cr- cross paths with the, the Striper guys back in the day? 
No, I actually got asked to play on one of their tours, though. What do you think about that, Big T? Well, baby, I'm impressed. What do you think I think about it? I mean, is the Pope Catholic? Like, of course I'm impressed. So it would have been, let me, let me, let me see if I can, like, paint the picture here. So you would have been doing arenas, and it would have been these guys with, like, huge teased up 80s hairspray, no shirts, like yellow spandex tights, um, and, then, and then you, like, going on before them. <laughs> I no, feel no, like... No, no. no, no you're you, missing it. You're missing it. Yeah. No, no, Striper, this is when they were doing a comeback okay. in the early 2000s. And yeah. because, believe it or not, like a lot of it, a lot of the way, the reason why Striper sounds like Striper on stage is because a lot of stuff is pre-recorded and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, they needed, they, their management contacted me to see if I was willing to like put together all of their backing tracks and oh, all their synth They stuff. wanted you to like produce them. or do No, no, go on tour them. with them and like manage that whole thing, play with them. But then manage yeah. that thing and uh, and do it all, and I, so I was like, no, nah, you know, I can't do that. Dude, would you have had to then like pop on a pair of yellow tights of your own and kind of go shirtless with a little clerical collar in order to <laughs> in, or, in order to have to? No, have to I don't think. That, well, this was like this was before they were allowed to break out the yellow and black again, so they were still wearing jeans at that time because it was okay. like they're trying to stay current, you know, and do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, no, I think it was a little before that. But I think they were just looking for somebody a little more like with technical know-how. And I didn't even yeah. know all the half the stuff they wanted me to do. I didn't even know how to do anyway. So I was like, I can't sure. do it. Sure. But it's, uh, it's really strange that I'm getting this email from their management. I thought that was really Opportunity bad. lost, baby. There could have been uh, a nice buck in that round. I knew that someday I'd be doing this podcast. So I just sort of, I, I, yeah. I, I thought, man, don't worry about it. Bigger things are yet to come. You're like, guys, forget it. I got a lot of money coming, coming my way here in about a decade. So right. didn't worry me at all. Yeah, that's good, baby. I like the faith that you have in the podcast too. This thing is a rocket ship. And plus, so plus, remember, Ted, he gets resourcing through Sojourn, so he didn't need all that. I think resourcing yeah, involves true. cash. So resourcing yeah. and connections, subtext, or and I have a lot of fluidity. Features. You guys keep ignoring that word. I thought that was the best part. And of it wasn't Dude, just you know connections; it was connectivity. That's there. There's Piper, more you know to what, that. You know what fluidity is code for? I want you to guess. Ah, uh, goodness. <laughs> I have so many ideas. Fluidity. Well, just uh, say one of them because it'll probably be correct. You can do whatever you want. Dude, to me, fluidity means a heck ton of time off. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Dude, I love heck ton. Yeah, fluidity. <laughs> heck, ton, heck ton is literally my new word. That was, that was the most like youth pastory Christian curse word I've heard on heck this podcast. Ton. Heck exactly. is the name of this podcast. Now. That's my that's my new career. I'm a youth pastor. Welcome to the Hecton Podcast. I'm your host. I'm, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the thing on my ankle, the, the Jesus fish. Boys, we're uh we're almost out of time. We we are out of time. I'm gonna call this thing done. Let me close this thing out. Boys, we've wandered to and fro throughout these topics as we often do. And until next time, girl, wash your face. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast.